0: Stevie Elk is from a small town, just a little town, just out of Auckland, called Hamilton. Played for Waikato in the Tower back in the day. What a resurgence, this young man, middle-aged man, whatever he is, rich man. uh, Picked up just over half a million US for the win. Half a million US for coming second on the uh, PGA Seniors Tour as well. He's just phenomenal at the moment. We're going to be talking him and a number of other golfing stories that have come out across the weekend. A great weekend for New Zealand golf actually also with Ben Campbell who hasn't woken up yet uh, in Hong Kong while he hasn't read my message yet anyway. But joining us, um, Australasia's finest golf analyst joins us on the show once again, Bruce Young out of Australia. Bruce, we're quite proud over here in New Zealand. A couple of very good wins for our professional golfers. Welcome in.
1: Yeah, good morning or good afternoon to you there, Steph. Uh, you're right, it's been a hell of a week for weekend for New Zealand golf, really. And I think collectively, Steve Elk, Ben Campbell, and to a lesser extent, Terry Mountcastle, who won a PGA Tour of Australia event over the weekend, can, can probably make a dent in New Zealand's balance of payments, I would think, given the amount of money they won. <laughs> you, you quoted those figures as Steve won. I mean, uh, that takes his earnings for the season, including that bonus of... Five hundred thousand to beyond three million, and I think close to eight million US dollars in the two and a half years now that he's been playing on the PGA Tour Champions. So, it's been a phenomenal run for him. He's an ATM, isn't he? He seems to be there or thereabouts every week. Last year he uh, didn't. Last year he won the Charles Schwab. Uh, series, the the season-long series, but finished second in this particular event to Harrington. And this year, he um, won the event, but finished second to Steve Stricker, who wasn't able to play this week because of his father's illness. But um, Steve really uh, took a full shot lead into the final round. I got a little bit hairy a couple of times, both Ernie Hales and one or two others got within one shot of him. But uh, I think Stephen Ames got within one shot of him. But in the end, he managed to just perhaps not playing as a game on the final day, still managed to get the job done and walk away with a large check and continue that amazing run that we've seen since he first joined the Champions Tour what, in August of 2001.
0: How long can guys compete at the at the very top in the seniors? Because I remember when it first came in, was it... I'm trying to think of the American guy who was just top of the top of the pops for years. Hale Irwin, I think. Hale. Hale Irwin, yeah, just top of the pops for years and years. <laughs> I mean, Stevie Elka, while he's 51 or 52, I feel like he's going to be much the same when he's 60. He's such a fit and live man.
1: Well, I think it very much depends on the individual. Now, you, you know, you look at a guy like Bernard Langer, who's still very much in the thick of things at the age of 64 or 65 or whatever it is. Now, so, and a guy like Steve Alker, who's really looked after himself, is in great shape still, looks very fit, very healthy. Um, you'd imagine there's no reason why he can't keep playing at the elite level of the PGA Tour champions for quite a few more years yet. Um, he's just found a new lease of life at that level. And when you think that, you know, I mean, I, I've caddied on a few tournaments on the PGA Tour champions or senior tours, it was called back when I caddied on it. And I, re- and, and I appreciate the quality of the golf that they play. I mean, a lot of people think, ah, it's just a bit of a retirement fun for the old blokes. But to be honest with you, the quality of golf is quite sensational. And even to get onto the Champions Tour, to qualify for the Champions Tour, is a huge task. And Steve managed to do it by Monday, qualifying at that tournament in Seattle. I think it was the Barring Classic in, in August. And really, from there on, he's never looked back. He eventually won, not long after. And um he's won four or five, maybe five tournaments, uh maybe even six now on the PGA Tour champions and he's really become along with Steve Stricker and Padraig Harrington, the two the, the three really dominant players on the PGA Tour champions over the last two to
0: three years. It's quite incredible, before we leave Steve Elker, is you mentioned Padraig Harrington, Steve Stricker, uh, Ernie Els, they were all dominant in periods of their careers on the PGA Tour, something that Steve Elker wasn't. Um, Is it just that his game was just more designed for the senior tour?
1: I don't know so much about that. I, I, I think a lot of it is to do with confidence, and uh, I mean, he's—I've always been impressed, and I'm not just saying this in hindsight, but I've always been impressed with Steve Irwin's beautiful golf swing. I think he's always had a... have always—and I, and I, one of the very early commentary things that I did was at the 1995 Queensland Open, which was one of the very first tournaments that Steve won, and I remember even from that day on. Uh, watching his progress and it never ceased to amaze me that a guy with such a great golf swing really wasn't able to perhaps fulfill his his full talent on the on the regular tours whether it be in europe where he played or on the corn fairy tour and he played on the pga tour maybe for one season or so but i think you know, again, getting back to that point where he's really looked after himself. He was fit. He was ready to go when the opportunity came to play on the Champions Tour. He took full advantage of it, and uh, and now now we're seeing the results. It's um, he's got a very tidy game. Um, he's perhaps longer now off the tee than he ever was. I'm not saying he's amongst the longest out there, but he's not short by any, any stretch of the imagination. And I think he's just become a very um, uh, consistent uh, and dominant player on that tour and uh, just the quality, it's all around game out, he's just a beautiful iron player
0: mm. didn't
1: drive it particularly well today but he's a beautiful iron player and he's a very very good putter so that combination's working for him very well
0: The other winner, uh, Ben Campbell on the Asian Tour, the Hong Kong Open, uh, puts his name alongside Rory McIlroy, amongst others, who have won the Hong Kong Open. First time it had been played for four years Um, Mm. post-COVID. Can you put into context for our listeners, uh, I think this is a massive achievement. People sort of think PGA, DP World Tour, um, maybe Japanese Tour, then the Asian Tour, but Cam Smith was in the field. It was a strong field. This is a huge achievement for Ben.
1: Uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that. It's his most significant win. He's only ever won a couple of events. He won the New Zealand PGA back in sort of, I think, around about 2018 or so. Um, but he's been runner up at the New Zealand Open a couple of times, runner up at the Vic Open. But it, he's had a career that's been plagued quite a bit by injury and illness. I remember very, very early on in his pro- professional career, just after he turned pro about 2012, he had sort of some mysterious illness or injury that plagued him for quite a long time. He's had subsequent injury issues as well. But I think when he's at his best, when he's good, he's very good, Ben Campbell. As we've seen at the New Zealand Open, even his second this year, earlier this year at the New Zealand Open, behind Brandon Jones, and I know he he lost a playoff there to Mike Henry, uh, that he beat Kennedy, and Mike Henry went down the 18th at Millbrook before uh, Henry won. But He's a very talented player. He's a he's an interesting character, Ben. He loves hunting. He he, uh, he bases himself in the Queenstown area these days when he's not playing on the tour. And um, he you know he's a former runner-up at the Australian Amateur and the Australian and the New Zealand Amateur Championship. Um, he's always been an, a quite a significantly talented player, but I think those injuries and illnesses have just kept him from. Getting to the level that many felt that he would earlier, but it seems that this win now, the 360,000 US dollars, I mean that's a huge check for him, Mm. and will provide all sorts of uh, and the fact that he's moved to number four on the Asian Tour money list now suggests that there are going to be other doors that will open for him. So, and there's more coming. There's another um, couple of events up there between now and the end of the year. Um, you know, I think, uh, and you know, it's shaping really well for the New Zealand Open next uh, February, March, too, south, because there's a strong suggestion that we're going to have the likes of, uh, well, Daniel Hillier, Roland Fox, Steve p possibly coming back to play again. Um, yeah, you know, ben, ben Campbell will no doubt play there as well because it is an Asian Tour event these days, along with the Australasian Tour event. So the New Zealand Open is shaping well, especially with New Zealand players in such good form.
0: It really is. And we might have another DP World professional in Sam Jones I mean, this is the marathon of mm. golf tournaments, isn't it? Six rounds <laughs> with the pressure of playing for your future. It's its quite incredible. Now, you've caddied for some of the best golfers in history. How do you plot a man with so much pressure? I mean, all of these guys under so much pressure. He's tied 16th, 73, 65, 69. Um, it's going to be bubble somewhere around there. I think it's top 25 get their cards for the DP World Tour. But again, another strong field. How do you plot their way through these six rounds?
1: You're right, it is six rounds, so it's a gruelling examination. I think they make a cut after tonight's round, after the fourth round. And then it is the leading twenty five that gets through to get their D P world card. And for a guy like Sam Jones, who I think only just turned professional recently, didn't he play, I think, at the Asia Pacific Amateur where he played at played at the uh, might have played in the Eisenhower. Oh, yeah, I think he played in the Eisenhower, yeah. Yeah, I mean this is a huge uh, huge opportunity for him now to get a DP world. That's one of the biggest Uh, issues that a young professional golfer has to face, finding a place to play Mm. um, other than just the lesser tournaments in Australia. But to get a car to play on the DP World Tour is huge. As to how you negotiate it, I don't quite... I never had to... As a caddy, I have unfortunately never had to go through that process in (laughs) terms of caddying for a qualifier and trying to get a car. But, I mean, he's obviously got a good constitution that he's been able to take it to the next level Um, So that's that's impressive. And uh, let's hope that Sam's able to go on with it and and claim one of those cards and add to this growing list of New Zealand golfers that are starting to perform well on on the world tour. And just before we go, I don't think we can forget to mention the win of Kerry Mountcastle yesterday at at an lesser event, admittedly, on the PGA Tour of Australasia, But an important win for him in so many respects. So two Warrarapa boys, both... uh, Ben Campbell, I know Ben lives most of his life in Queenstown these days now, but Ben Campbell and uh, Kerry Mountcastle doing Wairarapa Proud, you might say.
0: Absolutely, and one of my favourite parts of New Zealand is the Wairarapa. And finally, Bruce, um, Lydia Ko, um, I think... She was 101st on the CME, whatever their, their overall points is, to retain her card. She was 101st. She finished 31st tie in the most recent event, which snuck her into the top 100. So she could have played next week, but it sounds like she's choosing not to. She wants to have a decent break. Um, mm. What... How do you get someone who has undeniable talent, incredible experience, a number of wins, but there's just something not quite right? But having said that, her previous to that uh, 31st, I think she was a third and then an 11th or something. We started to see, I watch all of her golf. I just love watching her play golf. And I really wanted to have a decent crack at it before she hangs them up.
1: Well, uh, you're right. There, there were glimpses a few weeks ago that things were starting to return to somewhere norma- n- near normality for her. I don't know what the issue is. Obviously, she's been married, what, earlier this year or late last year, and maybe that's just made uh, put a different dynamic in her life. Um, remember, in the early in the early years, Lydia said that she only wanted to play until she was about thirty, hmm. and she wanted to do other things. So I don't know whether that's still part of her thinking process. But you'd have to think that um, she'll find a way back, as she did a couple of years ago. You remember she stepped outside world top 50 or whatever, and then she finally found a way back into the top five or, or thereabouts. So oh, I, I did notice her experimenting a bit with a swing earlier this year, some strange pre-shot routines, I thought. So maybe there's still she's still trying to cement some swing changes, so and I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But. She's too talented a player, as we all know, and uh, uh, you know if she's still keen and and determined and, and has got the drive to continue, um, then I, I think she'll find a way back to where she was previously. Perhaps not where she was previously, because that was unbelievable. But she is still such a fine player and such an amazing talent that I think we all hope that she gets back and. New Zealand golf fans can get up every morning watching LPGA Tour events with some level of excitement.
0: Mm, absolutely. Brilliant. Bruce, as always, love chatting golf with you, my friend. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and the, and the good uh, card of tournaments that's coming up on the Australasian PGA Tour too. It's uh, it's good watching. Yeah.
1: Well, that's right, sir. So just quickly on that, the Australian PGA Championship begins next week at Royal Queensland, and then we're down to... Um, the Australian Open at the uh, Australian Golf Club in the lakes, they're sharing the two courses because it's one of those uh, multi-gender events, they have females, uh, they, they have ladies playing, uh, they have a, it's a male, male event, and they have a disabilities event as well, so they need two courses for the first two days, and then they go back to the Australian Golf Club for the final two days, but they're going to have a good field there too, Cameron Smith and Adam Scott, and uh, it's DP, both of them are DP World Tour events. And I think Ryan Fox and Daniel Hillier will be in those fields. Uh, So we're looking forward to something pretty special there.
0: Yep, be brilliant. Bruce, as always, thanks so much.
1: Cheers,
0: Steph. There he is, Bruce Young, wonderful golf analyst. Uh, joining us just on that, Lydia Ko, I read a story out of Golf Week or something, <clears throat> posted a couple of hours ago. She's got a year and a half to go on her psycho, uh, psychology degree, which she's interested in finishing. She's also hinting at studying law at some stage, not because she wants to be a lawyer because law fascinates her. Um, she's now living in California with her husband and... She quite – Stanford must be in California, Sam, is it? Stanford? Is that in California? Yeah. So she's quite interested in potentially looking at going to Stanford at some time. I have no doubt she'd want to become a mum at some time, but just something in me says she'll give it a red hot go next year. And she said she wants to be hungry. She wants to be loving it. She's not quite at the moment. And the other thing that I think will keep her going, she needs two more points to get into the LPGA Hall of Fame. Um, You accumulate points by, you get one point for a LPGA Tour win and you get two points for a major win. So she needs two more regular wins or one more major and that's her 27 points and she'll go into the Hall of Fame which, man, if she played for another 10 years she'd get into it twice I reckon. I'd really love to see her come back into some sort of form. Right, we shall take a break after this. We're going to catch up with Karen Berger after the Fast Five tournament this weekend in Christchurch.